Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello friends and welcome to your Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. And I'm afraid friends, for the first time this season, it is a Blue Monday podcast props to the boys from Blue Monday, Rich, etc. Because for the first time this season, Town have lost. We've got that losing feeling. They lost on TV, TV curse, etc. at Plymouth yesterday, 2-1. And we're here to break that down this morning. I am Mark Heath. I'm your host. I'm joined by three of my fellow Kings today. And I'm going to start today with a man I've often referred to as the prospect, the beard, the prodigy, because soon we may be calling him award winner. Ross Hall's not only are you part of this podcast, which has been shortlisted for EFL Podcast of the Year in the Football Content Awards, very deservedly, clearly. You've also, even more excitedly, been recognised among the list for the best creators in women's football at that very same awards. And hopefully we will see you lift that award like John Terry on that night. Um, how are you and how are you feeling about potentially lifting the first gong of your sure to be a lustrous career um i'm fine thank you and um yeah thank you very much someone who nominated me i didn't even know it was a thing until i got a message from the awards place um yeah it's, it's nice to be you know nominated for an award for stuff i do definitely mm. women's football because i you know i enjoy it um but yeah just still um getting over the plymouth trip but um yeah we'll get right stuck in deep won't we so to speak yes yep. um Next up is a man who, although Town lost yesterday, he was very much a winner because celebrating with his partner in crime in the press box when Janoi Danassian had a confirmed whiff of a goal, thus returning major money at 33 to 1. Again, Heath Bookmakers taking a kicking. Andy the Hutch man, Hutch Hogan, Warren, how are you? I mean, Heath Bookmakers have done all right out, out of me this weekend. I have I have lost money um, you did. Over, o- overall. But... Um, a Janoi Danassian whiff, which we may as well talk about straight away. Um, mm-hmm. Now you've mentioned it, did bring a really big cheer from the press box. Stuart Watson, <laughs> quite quiet at that time because remember we're sat amongst the home, sat amongst the home fans always in the in mm. in press boxes. Uh, that is a whiff. It's definitely a whiff. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was brilliant. One of the one of the best one of the best uh, best moments of the season so far for me. Amazing. I was um, I was actually upstairs at the time because I was, obviously I had the game on downstairs and I came up upstairs at halftime to do a bit of work uh, while the halftime was on. And then I got you tagged me in to say definite whiff, didn't you? So I then had to run downstairs, rewind the game to confirm the whiff. And it was certainly a whiff. Um, Stuart, you've come as a sailor today. I can only assume because you spent some time on the coast. You've got a nice nautical theme top on. Um, how excited were you? Take us into that press box. Sorry, Benson's barking. I'll go on mute. Uh, yeah, in my mind, I stood up at that moment. I'm not sure I did, but that's that's how I felt. There was definitely an excited jabbing of the finger. And as Andy says, that, that's a whiff. Confirmed. No panel required. I was getting some very uh, bemused looks from the Plymouth fans in front of me. The, um, yeah, the, the most excited, wasn't the most excited we got all day. No, something more true. exciting happened in stoppage time, but... Yeah, they was uh, very confused as to why we were getting so uh, animated about a, a shot being blocked in the box. It was also unbelievable the amount of people on Twitter tagging KOA and Andy in when that happened. They clearly got behind the whiff uh, and enjoyed <laughs> it and celebrated at home as much as as much as a goal by the sound of it. Um, so that returned. What did you put on that, Hutchie? Was it twenty five grand at thirty three um, to one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
We'll deal with I, million I think, pounds. I think, I think it might even have been more than that, actually. Was it 50? Um, was it... I think it might have been 50. I'll get my little spreadsheet up in a minute when we, when we get to that later. But um, Five bags at 33 to I one. like the idea that a real-life bookmakers would be like, what What was it, 30, 50? <laughs> Let's just call it 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Labbrooks. That's very generous of you. <laughs> right then, friends. Obviously, we have to now talk about the game. Um, yesterday, because uh, basically you were, you were sprinting to make a, a packed commuter train back from Plymouth, Andy and Stu, you did not have time to do your Andy and Stu reacts. And the people have demanded it. I've had messages saying, we need this. So I thought by way of starting the pod today, talking about the game, we could we could do that now. So if you can shake it off, get your mind into the, you're back at home park, minutes after the game's finished. Um, and you boys are going to have a little chat about the game. So when you're ready, take it away. Okay, Andy Warren, Stuart Watson here at home park. Uh, well, Ipswich Town's first defeat of the season has, has come. It, it was always going to come at some point, Stu, but for the second week in a row, a lead has been lost and it's uh, to, to end up losing a game like that is uh, is far from ideal. Yeah, mixed feelings on this one, Andy, much like Sheffield went, I can't do this. this no, I weird. can't do this. This is weird. It feels like acting. It doesn't feel. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel, feel right. natural. Oh, um, can I just talk, idea. and it and it will sound like the video. Uh, mixed, on, mixed feelings on that one because, um, a bit like Sheffield Wednesday, I'm not. I think I feel differently about it in time because it was a really, look, it was a really entertaining game. That's the first thing I want to say about this. Um, I haven't enjoyed watching. Result aside, I haven't enjoyed watching a football match like that for a long, long time. I thought it was two teams trying to play good football, going toe-to-toe with the same formation, tackles flying in, really competitive edge to it. Um, Dramatic finish as well with Christian Walton, which we'll get on to. Um, Really good football match. It's just desperately disappointing that Ipswich have uh, come out losers in a fine margins affair. Mm. Are we doing this? Is this? Oh, I don't know what we're doing now. I've been just thrown. Keep on, um, just keep on rolling. Just keep, just keep on talking. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a really a really good game. Um, to be one one nil up at half time, um, having I, I would probably say just been edged out in the first half by Plymouth. Uh, but to be one nil up at half time, you really you really want to see Ipswich come out and can control the game from that point. They've got themselves in a position to control it, and I. I I always get incredibly frustrated when when goals are scored from the positions that those two goals were scored from. Um, there was a, a previous version of Ipswich, one of Mick McCarthy's sort of incarnations of Ipswich Town, where had a real issue with conceding goals from kind of swept home from the edge from the edge of the box. And they've that kind of goal really frustrates me. I don't know what it is in particular about it. It's it, it's it's one that's that. That really gets me, and so to concede two of them um, in quick succession like that and just be rocked really was really disappointing. And and then also from that point on, um, that felt like the game was done from from the, the second. I don't think they recovered very well from the second going in, and the the kind of the only reason we're really talking about they could have rescued a draw was because of the goalkeeper going up at the end and nearly scoring a goal. Um, didn't didn't feel like there was a way back into into that game from that point. So re- so really disappointing, but but a really good game of football which Ipswich played their part in. Um, and there's all kinds of takes you can extrapolate from this game. You can come, you can think about it positively if you want. You can be cr- super negative about it. Um, there's a good mix of uh, a good mix of responses that you can take from it. So uh, that's what football's about. Rossi, let's get your response. You were pitch side as ever. It was a brilliant game of football, like Stu says. I mean, clearly, it would, you, I'm sure you enjoyed it more actually being there in person. But on TV, it was fantastic. It was one of the best games I've watched for a long time. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, really enjoyed it. You know, tackles, you know, flying in, shots. You know, we'll talk about what happened at the end as well. That would have been an amazing end to the game if that went in. Um, but, you know, good atmosphere as well, home park. You know, we, we, we knew going into the game, you know, they're unbeaten there. They haven't conceded there. And, um, 
You know, I'm talk, I'm sure we'll talk about Ladapo scoring his first league goal, which would sang now anyway. But uh, it was good to see him score and taking the lead. Um, but no, a really entertaining game. And as Stu said, it's been a while where we've actually really enjoyed a game, you know, end-to-end stuff. Hmm. Um, but no, very good game. Stewie, let's, let's start with the team. Because obviously one of the, the big questions around this game was who was going to replace Wes Burns on the right. Um, a lot of people seem to want KVY in the end. It was Caden Jackson that I think you predicted on on last week's pod. What, what did you make of, of Caden's game? Because I, I was quite impressed with him, um, particularly early on. And then I think one of my main criticisms around the game was was when he got shifted to playing up top and, and the Dapo came off. What, what did you make of, of the team and, and how Caden, et cetera, performed? It's risk versus reward, him playing in that loosely termed right wing-back role. Um, <clears throat> going forwards, he gives... He gives you obviously the, the pacey outlet to 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 get in behind. Um defensively, I thought he left gaps. And that was uh, exacerbated by the fact that he was directly up against Plymouth's most threatening player in Bali Mumba, hmm. the Norwich Loney, who I was very impressed with. That was a, that was a good little jewel in the first half. Jackson kind of Got away from him once, muscled away from him, and flashed across through the box. So that was the that was the reward. And then there were times where Jackson left massive holes in behind that Plymouth um, had some really slick interplay in in the final third, and they were exploiting those spaces generally down Ipswich's right hand side. So I was looking at it, and ultimately I was coming to the conclusion as that first half came to the end that the risk probably outweighed the reward of of Caden Caden being on that side and then you as you say the substitutions are worthy of, of a discussion here we spent all season talking about the depth of Ipswich's squad about how the five substitution rule um, benefits Ipswich about how they can change games probably for the first time this was where the substitutions actually weakened them or went against them a little bit um, our mark came along double substitution um Ladapo came off, John Jules came on, that saw Jackson go as the central striker. I guess at that stage the logic would have been with Plymouth having to chase an equaliser, they're gonna leave gaps at the back and um Jackson's pace might give them something to think about and they can't they, they might have to drop a little bit deeper just, just to think about that. But what they lost was a, was someone that can just make the ball stick and relieve a bit of pressure. Um, which just meant the ball kept coming back. And in, and Plymouth, by contrast, had someone like Niall Ennis who could make the ball stick. They could bring on Cosgrove. Um, and yeah, and as Andy says, that it just felt like the game was going in a certain direction of travel. Um, certainly once the equaliser went in, then, you know, the old cliche about goals change games, the whole momentum, the whole feel of the stadium changed. Mm. Um Home Park's a great place to watch football. There's only, I say, only 15,000 people in there, but it sounded a lot louder because all four sides of the ground were kind of working in unison and that felt like a proper football match, both atmosphere and everything that we've discussed on it. And um, just like at Hillsborough, once one goal went in, momentum changes and that, that's very difficult to uh, to stop. If we're talking about the subs, it's, it's probably worth noting the, the final kick before those subs got made as well with Mar- Marcus Harness. Uh, that's the kind of chance that Marcus Harness has buried this season, isn't it? Shifting mm. the ball out from under under his feet and um, and getting a, a shot off this time wide. Uh, I've not seen a replay of that. It looked quite close. You, you might know better with that one, Mark. Yeah, it was. But um, it, looked, it looked like it was close, but, but you've got to hit the target from there. That was his last touch. Uh, the game. I, I didn't think he had a, a great game at all. But no, if, if, if... sorry, the risk versus reward thing with Jackson. It's the same with Harness as well. I think the the risk of Harness is that he gives the ball away quite a lot. He's quite. He's not. He's not a possession player really. He's kind of off the cuff and he can do things. But the reward with him is that he's a great finisher and he's you know he's someone who can a bit like Chaplin. You, you you back him in the box to score, and then he got that chance as Andy says, and he didn't he didn't take it. And if that goes in, that's that's two two nil is so different, isn't it? I know obviously mm. they let they let a two goal slip, two goal lead slip a week ago, so it it doesn't it doesn't doesn't lock the game up. Two two nil is a dangerous scoreline, but uh, as we know, but um, two nil up is very different at 
at that stage of the game than than being one nil up, and obviously it's ended up in a ended up in very quickly being being reversed. Hmm. What did you make of that? That particularly that change, Andy, because obviously Ladapo got his first goal. It was it kind of apt the way he got the goal with it ricocheting hmm. back off a defender, then off his shin over the keeper into the net, and he'd had a couple of obviously decent chances before that, which he'd squandered. But like Freddie does, he'd been working really hard creating that outlet. And then I, I felt once he, A, I was surprised they took him off at 59 minutes. I thought, interesting. And then obviously the changes, I was thinking, well, what, how, what's going to happen now? And then KJ goes up front. Uh, yeah. And it just felt to me like they lost massive amounts of, of momentum and a real foothold in the game from that point. Yeah. On. Just, they just lost, lost, con- <clears throat> lost control in that area of the pitch. And, and that, like Stu's kind of said already, that, you lose control in one area of the pitch, another one gets stretched as a result, and it and it all kind mm. of snowballs snowballs from there, doesn't it? It, it? it didn't it didn't feel like they had the right players on the pitch to come from behind once they were behind, um, yeah. which obviously they didn't make those changes didn't come while they were behind. They weren't designed to be then trying to come from behind, uh, but that's exactly what they had to do. And by that point, they didn't have the right players on the pitch. Do you know it. who I think? These last two games has made me realise who they've really missed is Shawnee Aluko, who is the perfect player to bring on and just settle mm. things down when you're in MVP, front. mate. MVP. Yeah, yeah. They've missed him because they haven't got anyone like that in the final third now who's a you know pure possession player that can take the ball in a in a tight spot and just keep keep the ball and calm things down and settle it down when the mm. crowd are getting loud and it's all getting frenetic. Um that, that, that I think they've missed his very unique skill set in, in the final third. Mm. What about the performance as a whole, Ross? Uh, obviously, I watched game day after the game. A lot of the guys you're speaking to said they didn't really feel like Town were at it. Um, and for me, they struggled to get a hold of the game in the midfield. Morsey and Evans um, never really kind of got a, made a stamp on the game. Morsey did kind of stamp on <laughs> one of Plymouth's players. He's probably lucky to to stay on the pitch. But as a performance overall compared to what we've seen. What did you make of it? I thought I thought we started the game brightly. You know, I think we're a better team, you know, in the first half and a little bit in the period in the second half. Um Plymouth were a good side. I thought Plymouth were really good. Um some really standout players. Randall mm. was a standout player and of course their two goals you know the second goal was an absolute bullet, weren't it? Um but no just I felt we were just a bit slow. You know, some players maybe just didn't have their better games, you know Janoy Danashian, you know, he's normally, you know, fantastic. I just didn't think he had a great game, some sloppy passes here and there. Um, but just, yeah, it's one of those things where we come to these grounds, you know, atmosphere on top of us, you know, live on Sky. Are we going to say it? You know, I know it's not a thing, but it is a thing. The Sky curse and all that sort of stuff. I know we don't really want to read into it a bit much, but when we come to these big games, top team in this division, you know, I'm beating the league on Sky, which is, I don't know, the team sometimes, I wouldn't say they didn't turn up because I thought they played well, okay in the first half, but I don't know, sometimes the pressure sort of mounts on the team and, uh, and yeah, that's what happened. But overall, you know, I don't think we, you know, I think there's a mixture, I think, with town fans. Some of them will go, oh, yeah, of course it happens. You know, play a team in the top half, can't beat them on Sky. Um, but I don't think we played badly. I think we just weren't at it all over the pitch you know, in periods. Mm. How about the first goal, Stewie? There was a question around Connor Chaplin. Was he fouled? Was he not? Um, I'd have to say from the replay, it was not a foul. <laughs> but no, no. Andy's shaking his head yeah. as well. I think we, we both felt that in real time, that it was a bit um, hopeful, that, that appeal. And I haven't seen it back loads of times. I think I saw one brief replay at the time, but it was like he was trying to throw himself into the defender to get himself out of a bit of a, a pickle. He'd got himself sort of slightly out of position. So I know Kira McKenna was talking about, we thought it was a foul. Like, not not for me. Mm. Actually, the game as a whole, we know Town like to dominate possession and they've got the, the depth of squad to be able to go full bore and then make changes at 60 minutes. And that's generally, we've seen, going to be enough in this in this league so far this season anyway. But now they're coming up against sides that maybe can do that with them for the full 90 and more. Um, was it just a sign of maybe Town aren't going to have things their own way when they when they come up against 
the better teams. Well, in no, league. yeah, they're def- they're definitely not going to have it all their own way. Plym- Plymouth are a really, really good team, mm. really good. Like they, 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 some of the performances in there were were really top performances from from Plymouth yesterday. Their their back three works really n- nicely. They've kind of got the wing back thing um, going really nicely and have been doing it for a long time. Morgan Whitaker, I thought, was exceptional yesterday. Mm. S- such a good little player. Um, and then, as Jews already mentioned earlier, they had a, a sort of a depth of depth of striker there to be able to do the same thing that the same thing that Ipswich do. Um, Ipswich are a really good side. They've got some really good players. Um, but but you, you you you're not just going to turn up to these games and and have it have it all your own way. It feels to me like the kind of the power packed bench thing isn't isn't quite the same as it has been in 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 recent weeks. And I guess when you when you've already started a game where you've kind of shunted a a striker out to play right wing or right wing mm. back he's then not a bench option um aluko as Stu said was is quite a bespoke bench option that's not there for you greg lee who we'll talk about in a bit more depth i'm sure is a a, a it's a, the left side is quite a, quite, a, quite a unique thing i think having the having the two players that to work in proper combo that that is not something that you've ever been able to do before without five substitutes to have to be able to plan to use two different left wing backs to get you through games and that's mm. not there for them anymore so for all the benefits of kind of a we've talked about a kind of a first team emerging for town at the moment for all the benefits of that that means that some players are separating themselves from the rest and that the ones coming on aren't necessarily going to be adding that power pack power pack punch from the from the bench anymore it feels it's not quite not quite happening as it was in the first few weeks to me for the first time, I looked at the two benches and thought, arguably, they had stronger options off the bench. They had Sam Cosgrove, Birmingham, Loney, Connor Grant, had just just working his way back from injury. He was amongst the bench. Ryan Hardy, their top goal scorer from last season. Jordan Houghton, former MK Dons. And I looked at that and I thought, yeah, as much as the two 11s, I looked at the two 18s and thought, yeah, we've got a game, game on our hands here. And... Um, Plymouth, Plymouth have got something going there with uh, with Stephen Schumacher in the same way Ipswich have. We've mentioned several players. Nigel Lomwick, he's only 19, the big Dutch centre half on on loan. The Van Dyke look alike. He was he was dis, he was decent, wasn't he? Um, they're they're going to be up there, Plymouth, no doubt about it. Um, but it just look. We'll probably come on to the bigger picture stuff in a second. It just adds to these little nagging doubts. I think I wrote in a preview to the Sheffield Wednesday game that I think every Ipswich fan. Has got this little devil on one shoulder that just keeps whispering about oh, tip switch. But, you know, there's always a false dawn. There's always a disappointment around the corner. Don't let yourself get too excited. As much as all the evidence tells us that things are far better under the new ownership and Ashton mm. and McKenna and the style of football, everything. Again, it's this the the TV thing and this more importantly. The, the record against the better sides in this division is is a is a it's a nagging doubt in in the mind. Um, it's four four teams that Ipswich have played currently in the top six now and haven't beaten them this season. So that's um, the, the record is is not great there. And until it's it's down to Ipswich, I'm not gonna. We talk. I think we had a question on a previous pod about what do you say to the to the doom mongers and the people that jump on any negativity. I'm not going to, as Andy said, we're not here to tell people how to feel. I get it. I get why the cynicism and the the pessimism is there. And it's up to Ipswich to prove now that they, you know, it's up to them to answer those, those questions. And um, Saturday's a prime opportunity again to, uh, to do that. Um, Before we get, let's maybe finish the kind of game chat with that question. But before we get there, let's let's do the kind of the two remaining incidents, which of note in the game, Rossi, to speak about was the second goal, Edmondson makes a rick, and then obviously the Walton almost writing a fairy tale. Um, What did you make of him in order? Yeah, it's good finish. So won it. It's good finish. Um, Emerson, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was yeah. good finish. Um, but yeah, fridge. Oh dear, yeah. At, at the time, I didn't, I didn't really. I probably weren't really what I was watching, but you know what I mean. I was, I was sort of just looking for something, editing photo, or whatever. 
And I looked up and I just saw their player. It was a winner, weren't it? Who got, who got mm. the second goal? It just absolutely, yeah. But yeah, not 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 the stage you want to be making mistakes, really. Um, live on TV, promotion rivals, you know, and then two one, and then yeah, well, and I'll let I'll let Andy and Stu talk talk about more in depth because um, you know, we want to be there, won't we? When a goalkeeper scores, late equaliser, live on TV, and if that went in, oh my god, it would have been amazing. Um, but yeah. So close, Christian. So close. You know, against the team, boyhood fan. You know, it got it was it did press with the guys before the game. Uh, that that was that was not going to be a question you're going to ask. So he's like, Cross, you know, Christian, what if you score today? But um, yeah, still any takeaway, my friends. It's sport. The brilliant thing about sport is it writes stories that if they were in like films or in books, you'd say that's ridiculous. That would never happen. But then trotting up at the end of the game, the commentator giving his due set it up lovely as he's trotting up the pitch talking about boyhood Plymouth fan imagine if he gets on the end of this and then sure enough he does and it looks for all the world like it's going in I still don't know if it was a save or whether it just hit the bar I've seen some pictures of fans saying it crossed the line um <laughs> but what a moment boys yeah goalkeepers don't even get their head on these corners no. normally do they they come they come up and the corner doesn't hit doesn't beat the first man and it's mm. uh and the best you're going to get is a keeper having to scramble back to get back into position. But it was a brilliant header, really, mm. really good header, right for the top corner. I think, I think it, I think it hit the, kind of hit the bar, and then Cooper clawed it away as it was going to come, mm. as it was good before it was going to come down. So he kind of clawed it to safety. I, I thought, but it was, it was hard to tell, wasn't it? But um, yeah. I, I fear that is probably as close as I'll get to, to seeing a goalkeeper score a goal. Siri, what did you make of it? Were you up in the press box? Were you no, press? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's impossible oh, yeah. not to. We talk about sort of press press box etiquette. Yeah. And um, there'd been some questionable behaviour from Plymouth fans sort of near the, near the press box. A guy a few rows down in front of Brenna Woolley and, and Phil Hamm um, was turning around and punching things. Um, when when key moments in the game happen, so good knows what goodness knows what he would have done had that gone in. But um, it's just you could not stand up at that moment. You know, if you believe in thoughts become things, it was almost like I think everyone in that ground as Walton went up would have had those thoughts in their mind. And Andy and I turned to each other and went, "It's Walton." And then it dawns on you, it's Walton. It's former club. It's yeah. ninety four and forty four seconds with five minutes added on and. Maybe collectively the whole ground kind of thought about it, and you know it's um, and then it just goes slow motion, doesn't it? The ball's arcing towards him, and you you're kind of thinking, no, no way. And that was prime Duncan Ferguson that header. That was <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and that would have made I tell you what, that would have made a completely different complexion on everything we're talking about here and the the journey home for those. Ipswich fans who we have to talk about absolutely magnificent. I know there's a lot of Ipswich fans spread out and some would some would have been down in the southwest, but two coaches leaving Portman Road at 3.30 in the morning for a game that was on TV. Unbelievable. 1,000 plus supporters there. And um I'm just gutted, gutted for them really that they didn't they didn't get that moment because that would have been uh, 10 plus years covering Ipswich. We talk about Noel Hunt and Richard Chaplow. I mean, that would, I think, even though it would have only been a draw, I think that would have probably surpassed them all if you'd have yeah. seen your goalkeeper bullet in a header and in stoppage time. It's like he, knew, he knew it as well. He knew how that, that will never happen for him again, almost certainly, because the, the head, head in hands, he knew how it, he might get his head on another corner, but he's never going to do it in stoppage time away at Plymouth mm. um, in front of all of his friends and family at his boyhood club. That's never going to happen for him again. And he he knew just how close he was to something incredible. It, it, as you say, Stu, it was in slow motion. Because when a keeper comes up, it never goes anywhere near them, does it, generally? And then as the ball come in, and you could see, he's going he's gonna to land on Walton, this. And then, he, oh, he's going, oh, good Lord. Fantastic. And... and Schumacher, as you say, talking about the fans afterwards, um, actually made made a point of, of paying tribute to town fans. It was tremendous effort. Um, boys, by way of rounding this up, this chat, let's return to what Stu touched on earlier. Ipswich Town, their Achilles heel for as long as I can bloody remember, is their inability to beat the, the teams, their rivals, the top teams in the league around them. This season, they've drawn with Bolton. They've drawn at Sheffield Wednesday, having been 2-0 up. And now they've lost at Plymouth, having been 
1-0 up. So how worried, Andy, should we be about this? Because this is going to continue to be a narrative until they prove they can do it consistently. They need to get it right. You can't have it. We, they've proven, proven time and again that you can't, you can't go through a season not winning those games and expect to be to be right in the mix. I think I think I might say fifteen of the twenty-one points have come against teams that are in the in the bottom half, and twelve of them are against the bottom seven. So that they are facts. Um, but I'm 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 not as I'm not as worried about this as I have been in previous seasons. Certainly, certainly not. But it, it has to change because you can't go through a season kind of bumbling your way through, um, picking up the odd draw against the top top eight, top ten, and expect to be there. You they, they've proven that you can't you can't do that. The formula doesn't add up. So it has to change. But it's not it in terms of like the worry the worried scale. I'm not. Hmm. I'm not massively, massively. If you go through those four games now that they've played that we've talked about, it was Bolton on the opening day when Morsi has a huge chance to win it at the end, so could easily have won that. Barnsley with a shocking goal that wasn't, so could, could easily have won that game. Um, Sheffield went two 0 up at Sheffield Wednesday, and then and the weekend, which you know was was a fantastic game of football that. Could have gone either way. Could have been any scoreline. That could have been five five. Could have been anything in between. Um, people will say ifs, buts, and maybes. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Ultimately, they haven't won any of those games. But for me, they're they're properly competing in these games. Which in in the past there are times where I think they've looked close, but so far in these sort of matches. So I, th- I think. They're better in these matches and, and they're small incremental bits of progress from Ipswich Town. You you have to keep reminding yourself that McKenna's been here for nine months. You have to keep reminding yourself that that Charlton away day with Toto Enciala confronting the fans and how toxic all that was, was December last year. And you have to remind yourself quite how far they've come. There were other things to fix First, in terms of you know going to Accrington and winning, being able to beat teams like Burton, being able to beat um, you know see off some some of the lesser sides, there are issues that Ipswich still had only a few months ago, and they have improved on that. And now the next hurdle is to start winning some of these fine margin games against the, the better sides. Maybe maybe these last couple of games is not a bad thing, and that it's a reality check for people. But you know. It will keep the players nice and humble. I know McKenna does that, but sometimes just that will just keep keep them their feet on the ground, and it keeps us and all supporters' feet on the ground. I think people were getting a little bit carried away about how long they'd go and beat them for, and I wouldn't take a single player from any other squad in this division, and you know all of that sort of stuff. It's just just reminds everybody that this is very much a, a work in progress still, and you know ho- hopefully that that progress will will keep keep happening over over the few months ahead and yeah i think the positives outweigh the negatives don't they for, for me anyway you have to remember they finished 11th last season they're nine nine places above that they were 10 through 10 games last season i think they had 10 points they've got 21 now and if you go through them game for game you can make an argument they've got 15 i think it was 15 points i worked out that they didn't get before so be happy with the progress um, but it's no, it's certainly not, it's certainly not a bad thing to kind of just just remind yourself that there's still more, still more to be done because they're trying to move an awful long way in this League One table. The Ipswich haven't even been close to challenging for promotion from this league in three years. Mm. Um, I think they've got a team that is going to be close to challenging for promotion, but they've got a big thing they need to sort out. How did you put it, Stewie? In your Stu says they've already shown that they're, they're, they're going to be top six contenders. Now they need to show that they're top two material, essentially, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I think Andy's right. Be happy with the progress, um, but also it's not wrong to want some more now. And and the club have set themselves very high bars from ownership down. Um, they have made very clear what what their aim is, and that is that is promotion and promotion now, not not in next year, not in the year after. They want promotion now, and so. You know, I think they would want us to kind of just apply that gentle bit of pressure to say, "Come on, you know, you've come a long way, but you know, keep going." Now you got, now you got to improve again, and 
and um, the players will want that. Um, I, I said quite early on, didn't I, that I guarantee they're a top six team. I, I Honestly, from what I've seen, from 10 games in, the whole table starts to take shape. I think we are starting to see a table take shape now. And I think Ipswich, I think I think they are. I've seen nothing to dissuade me otherwise that there'll be anything but a top six team. But when maybe, uh, you know, whether they're top two contenders, there's a few questions to, to be answered on that one still, I'd say. Mm. Rossi, anything else to, to add before we move on from the game? Anything else you want to mention around either the uh, failure to beat a top side or anything else from the, from the match? Um, I, I also just want to say, you know, a big shout out to the Southwest branch um, because they all came up to me before the game, just having a nice little chinwag, good old John, um, Steve and, and all those great guys. But yeah, a thousand plus town fans going all the way to Plymouth. It's a long trip, you know, live on TV. You could have just been on your sofa and watched it at home if you really wanted to. But, um, you know, some fans, they just go across the country to support their football club. And yeah, I, I, I echo what Stu said about, you know, if that Walton goal went in, no, it'd only been a draw, but you would just remember that forever because that would have been a moment where you can say, yeah, it's like the Cole Scoose moment when, you, when he scored his first goal for town after the many games. You got you can say, yeah, I was there when Christian Walton scored. Um, but you know what? Plymouth, it was a nice weekend, weren't it, boys? It was a long weekend, but um, we had a good time, didn't we, in Plymouth? You know, we had a nice little meal when we got a ride. Nice train journey, nice little views. Um, but sadly, we just couldn't win on TV once again and we couldn't beat a top team. But, you know, a lot of positives coming out of this one still. If you want to see Ross Hall's name being chanted, by the way, um, go and watch game day because a group of fans are, I think they're chanting there's only one Rossy Halls, aren't they? Or something to that effect. Uh, yeah. which I'm assuming you didn't ask them to do, Ross. That doesn't strike no. me as something you would do. So it, it became quite organic, which is great. So go and watch that. Sorry, Stu, I cut you off there. What were you going to say? No, uh, no, it's all right. Ross said we had a nice little train journey. I was less keen on the one home. Yeah. It was like yeah. we, were, we were packed in and there was a baby crying and a, a teenager coughing and spluttering all over everybody. And um, <laughs> yeah, randomly had Gary Rowett, the Millwall manager, sat two, two rows in front of us on on the train as well. We're not sure if he'd actually been to the Plymouth game or if he just, we think he was just coming back from a nice little family trip with his down to the Southwest on a, on international break weekend. But he so, was definitely, he watched football the whole way, the whole way back on his laptop. Um, there, he watched two Blackburn games. They're playing back Blackburn next week and then finished by watching some Bundesliga. If you're asking, <laughs> there we go. Babies or indeed children of a young age on, Trains, planes, and automobiles, I have very strong views on. Probably best not to touch on this at this point. No, please in, do. No, no, no. <laughs> in terms of boys on the road, Rossi's touched on it there. I want I want tales from the road. Hutchie, it was a Saturday night, so I assume you'd already pre-downloaded Naked Attraction for your bath. Um, how was how was the hotel? What did the boys get up to on tour? What yeah, what what a what a weekend it was. Um <laughs> <laughs> had some dinner and went to bed. That's all I can. That's all. That's all. That's all I can give you. Um, the bath was very small, but I was. I felt blessed to have one because Stu didn't have a bath in his room. No bath, Watson. Did they not? Uh, our hotel had. Um, just to give you an idea of where where we were staying, uh, our hotel had a security guard. Um, just to deal with with the drunken rabble that were coming in at, at all hours of the morning. Um, Sunday. I didn't have a very good night's sleep. I was, I was, I was fearful that the Ipswich boys, were, who were in a hotel just a, just a few hundred yards up the road, that the town players might have uh, might have been disturbed in their sleep. Did you find any time either there on the way there or on the way back to uh, plunk yourself down on a massage chair? Stuart? No, I mean that would have made it all fine if that that train <laughs> journey. I was just uh, got a nice little massage chair. Um, <laughs> Made all my troubles go away, but no, that will have to wait for Morecambe. I think we still need this video. People have uh, people have been asking for it, and people enjoyed that chat. Right then, let's draw a line on the Plymouth and everything that happened there. We do have to discuss because before we um, between now and the last time we spoke, there's been quite a major bit of injury news. Um, Greg Lee, who we thought would be away on international duty with Jamaica, has unfortunately suffered a compression fracture to his leg. Which, when I first saw that news. I immediately thought, what? How? 
But of course, it's a compound fracture when the bone comes out of the leg. A compression fracture is something entirely different. Because um, I was struggling to see how they could not notice that he'd broken his leg. <laughs> <laughs> his bone boy, was sticking out. Exactly, he's just that hard. Um, La- lads, I've just, I've just, I've just noticed, just noticed this. I can't get my my trousers back on. It's <laughs> it really, really stings as well. This is um, normal. Yeah, yeah. Rossi, we know he's your boy. I haven't given him a nickname, so I can't be blamed in this case. Um, how much of a loss is Greg Lee? He's not been a, a nailed-on start. Clearly, Lee Davis has been playing in that role, but he has generally been coming off the bench and uh, is part of that massive upgrade on the left-hand side. So how much of a blow is losing Greg Lee for what we can only imagine is going to be quite a long period of time? Yeah, big blow. Big, big blow. Greg Lee, the boy. Um, yeah, he's, done, he's been fantastic. And he, when he come off the bench, he brings that presence. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's a big blow. Uh, what what, what you love that boys? It's just the Greg, way you refer to Greg Lee the boy. <laughs> Greg Lee the uh, Greg Lee the boy. <laughs> the boy. The boy Lee. Good old Greg boy. Lee. Um, Ung Song it's, hero. Honestly, it's hurting the, his chances of getting that statue by the end of the season. <laughs> that's for sure. I'm calling Greg the leg now, like yeah. like the uh, like the uh, kicker in the NFL. Greg the leg. Greg boys. the broken leg. Greg Lee, the boy Greg Lee, good old boy Greg Lee, Stewie. How much of a a blow is is he? And let's let's also throw into the mix Cameron Burgess as well, who's um, had a surgery on a, on on multiple facial fractures, which looks like something out of a horror film. God knows how he's going to get through airport security now with all those those screws in his face. Um, and he clearly had been had been playing ahead of Edmonton. So these are these are two big losses, you know, on top of Shawnee Luko as well. You already discussed. If they are screws, when we're looking at that scan, and they look like screws, I assume that's how you you fix the bones back together. I counted thirty four in there. That's wow. horrendous. That looked like a the doctor's going to give his prognosis now because we all know I'm a uh, a qualified doctor, <laughs> so I'm able to do that. Um, his face was absolutely smashed to bits. That would be that would be my feedback uh, as a doctor, qualified doctor. Um, Eye socket, I think, was gone in a couple of places. His whole cheek was just in bits. Mm. Um, and he got up from that, spat a bit of blood out on the floor. I thought for a split second he looked like, yeah, g- g- give us five minutes, I'll see if I can run it off. He walked off the pitch. As eyewitnesses have said, he got changed and then got, you know, drove, got driven to, to A&E. You know, certainly didn't go off in an ambulance or anything like that. Um, absolute nails, that, isn't it? Um but yeah, he was he was a big miss at Sheffield Wednesday. That was exactly the sort of game that they needed him for, and um, it's a blow because he was he's not certainly not someone at the start of the season we'd been talking about being a, a key player, a nailed on starter. But he certainly played himself in into that position. Um, it's a shame. Big shout, big shout out to the people who I saw on on social media who asked where his nose had gone from the from the from the from the from the X rays. Um, Amazing. That 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 was great. Yeah, God, his nose has come off as well, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but Hutchie, let me ask you then: Aluko down for months, Burgess knackered face, smashed according to the doctor. Greg Lee compression fracture of leg, all out for a long period of time. You'd imagine. Um, we're looking at the squad. We've been bigging up the squad. How deep it is. How how rich in talent it is. Three three important players down now, though. Yeah. Yeah, this is what we talked about earlier. I think that the 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 strength is is weakened by them not being there. These these games are not about starting 11s. They're 16 man matches now for for Ipswich and most most teams in the league and um each each of those three players I I would I would describe as specialists. They've they've kind of turned into specialists and um they're not they're not there. They're not options. Um you haven't got the big the big centre half that you can put in to deal with the air raid games. You haven't got the the beefed up left back who can do a bit of everything, but will help you out in the air in those matches and bring some strength. Um, and you haven't got the guile, the uh, the foot on the ball, the the um, the, the calming presence. It's it, it's kind of specialists being removed from the from the weaponry, and um, it just makes that it makes the the whole thing that bit that bit weaker doesn't it it, it may be taking away some of town's advantages in terms of mm. squad strength and depth what's all the more frustrating is that they're kind of injuries that you can't legislate for mm. are they you know it's not like you can go oh they're 
hamstrings pinging left, right, and centre, and all that. They probably put in all this work into the sports science, but you you know you can't account for someone, um, you know, for these injuries that have, have happened. But um, yeah, still, which have got the squad to to be able to cope with it. It's uh, you know they should should be able to ride it, but it's just yeah, it's just weakened their options, as as Andy said. Mm. Right then, uh, Roscoe, this is this is your time to shine because. Now I want to talk about FIFA ratings. Um, something for the, the younger listeners to the show. FIFA 23 ratings were out last week. I was very excited. Um, Roscoe, you took me through them. There's a video you can go and watch, but let's just have a quick chat about it as well if people haven't seen that yet. Um, when's the game out, first of all? Is it out now? Uh, Friday. This the Friday. Is it the 30th Friday? Yeah. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wes Burns is the top-rated player. There's been scandalous drops for the likes of Morsey and Walton. And Rakeem the Dream Harper has been dropped by four points, which is a, a national outrage. Um, what, what did you make of the ratings? Um, I think some of them are deserving because we're League One. And I think FIFA probably don't care about League One football, really. So rating-wise, they go, yeah. Because Christian Walton's gone down because last season he was 71 because he was a Premier League player. And Brighton, mm. but he's now dropped to League One. Um, but he's still got a good card. But yeah, Wes Burns obviously is the most high, highly rated player on the game because he was our best player last year. Um, you know, I said before, Sonny Luco, he's got a solid car. Shawnee, sorry, Shawnee. I keep saying Sonny, sorry, Shawnee. Um, overall, I think town fans will enjoy playing as it's just town this season. Got some really good standout players. Um, a few players have got cards for the first time. You know, Alcan Baggett. Um, he's online at Gillingham, but he's on the game for the first time. And uh, Cameron Humphreys, he's got he's the worst player on the game for town currently. He's 51. And uh, Nick Hayes, as I said before, like that's a dream of everyone, isn't it? To be on a video game and a third choice goalkeeper, he's on the game. He can play as himself. He probably isn't very good on the game, but you can play as yourself, which is great. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of players. I think a lot of fans will enjoy. As I said, Wes Burns is the, the fastest and the most highly rated. So there we go. The Renaissance continues, by the way. Um, one one of only a handful of players to have seen their, their rating go up, I notice. Yeah. Yeah. Taking notice. Excellent. Uh, the last FIFA game I bought was FIFA 12, boys. So that kind of dates me. Uh, do you still do you still play, Hutchie, Stewie? I don't right. have a I don't have a games console. Sadly. Not for me. The last time I played FIFA was in the car park of St Andrews. Um, football ground but with stew and it was poor <laughs> i think it What's... might have ended nil nil because we were still working out the controls mm. um I, I still play ps4 from time to time I haven't played fifa for a little while because i i got out of the habit of buying them because it just felt like exactly the same game mm. every year pretty much we know that the gaming chair is long gone though stew it has that's a shame couldn't, couldn't justify that Right then, friends, um, there's one final thing we need to touch on this week, and that is an idea that came from the beautiful mind of Andy Hutch Hogan Warren uh, on last week's show, which was the idea of when Town do inevitably win the Pizza Trophy at Wembley, beating Sheffield Wednesday in the final, you heard it here first, we reckon there should be a, a new European competition which would take Town all over Europe playing sides who have done well in the other minor cup slash trophy competitions. Now, Andy... You sent me a, a WhatsApp, or all of us, a WhatsApp uh, after the show last week saying you've gone way too deep into the idea. Um, and we are we are going to do this on Thursday's show. We're going to fully unveil it. But by way of a teaser to get people, wet the whistle for people, um, what's, what's, what's the latest on that? It's being workshopped at the moment, but I have a beginnings of a, well, more than the beginnings of a proposal for a 56-team tournament. Uh, which would bring a, a representative from all all U, UEFA countries wow uh, to the table for this some of them are going to uh, full disclosure some of them are going to come through d- proper the top level domestic cup like San Marino um ones that don't bring with it their own european um european but this is this is for them for the marginalized for those on the edges on the fringes for those that aren't welcomed by the the fat cats of UEFA and suit the Super League crew, the ones that don't get the, the representation they deserve. The winners of the Rock Cup in Gibraltar are in. Oh wow, wow! Um, and other other such tournaments. So I've, I'm just working through 
the UEFA coefficients at the moment to work to try and make it as evenly matched as possible. But there's um yeah, I'm 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 working on it. There are a few similar tournaments across Europe who who will provide a, a team, but quite a lot of them are coming from domestic leagues and other kind of things. But it's it's gonna be good. At one stage on the journey down to Plymouth, we were both doing some work. Um and I turned to Andy and I said, well, what, what are you working on, mate? And he said, oh, I'm just uh, just designing a logo for the new European competition we were discussing. <laughs> he had Photoshop out. He was, yeah, he's, he's gone full on on this. I can't wait to see it. There it is. Is that what Ooh. it's called? Is it the Milka Cup, Hutchie? Is that That's big news. There's a sponsorship bid has come in from Eurochoc company Milka, who Excellent. everybody... Will, this is just the first draft of this logo. There's more of it to come, but I thought I'd show you where I'm at. Um, Milka, very keen on it. Obviously, they love selling their chocolate in duty-free places in airports. Um, very, very Euro-heavy on that. Um, they are very keen to be involved. So um, the Milka Cup could be could be coming to you um but i'll present to you a full proposal on on thursday with with teams if you're interested in that if you want the teams that i'm putting forward um to compete we could do it this year if you want could pretend that ipswich have already won it up to you i very much want that i want i I want a few things more actually now i think about it um it's the milker cup then we can we can start really discussing it in earnest on thursday can we get husky chocolate on board as well I mean, I would love Hosky. They need to start selling their product outside of Scandinavia. All Milka aren't really interested. This is to try and sniff out, <laughs> sniff out some some real top end sponsors. In, but... in my mind, it would be sponsored by like a vape company or something like that. I'm surprised that's that's not happened yet. It is might. that even allowed? I don't know ethically whether that's no, allowed. Possibly these days. not. Um, hmm. I look forward to this anyway, friends. On Thursday, Hutchie, your kit of the day is Sampdoria. Yes or no? Uh, yes. Excellent. No further um, guests needed. Do we need to quickly um, quickly square off the rest of million pound picks? We quickly. do indeed, and I'm glad you've reminded me. Um, it was 25 grand on the whiff at 33 to 1, which which returned 825. But, this, but the sad news was I had bet half a, half a million pounds on town to win the game and a further 75 on Morsi to score. And Leaf Davis to either score or assist. So but they didn't come in, but um the whiff the whiff has landed and it takes the pot to two point nine uh million pounds. So you actually came out on top even though the other bets didn't come in. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, there is a there is a profit from, from you, I'm afraid. Superb. Heath Bookmakers is gonna to have to consider closing his doors at this rate. It's gonna to have to get much, much harsher with the odds going forward starting on saturday boys anything else to mention um tv wise i said that i had never watched lord of the rings or indeed harry potter a few thoughts came at me after that um particularly ben brindle who says i would have thought an hour-long battle scene would be right up your street referring to lord of the rings so i am now going to have to watch lord of the rings because that does sound right up my strata which one's that in boys do we know or is it just in are they in everyone i think that's in the last one isn't it the, whatever the last one is I need to get involved in that. I read the books when I was a kid, and I was—I was—I'd say fairly underwhelmed. But if there's an hour-long battle scene in any film, I'm, I'm going to get involved. Have any of you watched the new Dharma series on on Netflix? The the um the, the serialization of Jeffrey Dharma, a horrendous serial killer, it is one of the most unsettling things I've ever seen. That the first episode in particular is so stressful. Um, and if you've watched it, you know exactly what I mean. Um, it also, I think, adding to the horror of it. It looks a little bit like what would happen if Napoleon Dynamite went right the other way and went <laughs> off the rails because he looks a lot like Napoleon Dynamite, like kind of evil twin brother. Um, so, But I would recommend it. It is unbelievable TV. Uh, and boys, are we Strictly fans on this show? Do you watch Strictly? Not, yeah, not yeah it's big, big in our house. Strictly means Christmas is just around the corner in our house. Uh, like the Bake Off, you can settle into it like a comfy pair of slippers. Um, who are you liking so far, Stuart Strictly? Uh Obviously, I didn't get to see it on Saturday, Saturday. night. I think we mm. were travelling and out eating. But um, I have seen that Tony Adams pulled oh out the, uh, the clip of him doing what? Who was he manager of in Spain? I can't remember. Who. Gren- Granada. Granada. I'm pleased that he incorporated that into his dance. That, that, that makes me happy. Early indications are that Tony Adams will not be around long, boys. Having From, the, from his first dance, he was 
I would say one of the worst I've ever seen on Strictly, kind of stomping around the dance floor. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I very much enjoyed Will Mellor's first uh, first dance. So Roscoe, obviously, you're I would assume you're way too young to be watching Strictly. You're probably too too busy listening to drill music on a Saturday <laughs> night, I'd imagine. <laughs> not just that, no, uh, no, not 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 for me. Not that's not a Saturday viewing thing for me but um yeah you see clips don't you and yeah tony adams what a man <laughs> i love your sweeping generalization of of youth mark <laughs> just like yeah all young people will be sitting at home watching youtube and <laughs> absolutely listen i'm in touch i'm in touch with the youth <laughs> i've got some other business go if you're interested something just popped up popped up on on our website actually that i wasn't i wasn't aware of can i read you the headline uh, yeah. Town fan thanks owners by getting club's unofficial motto tattooed on chest. What, running towards adversity. He... Wow. Yep. Tim Brown from Whitham has now got the words "running towards adversity" tattooed on his chest to show his to show his love for Ipswich Town and the club's owners. Wow. Uh, first reactions to that, boys. Would it... have you? There's no one among us who's got any tattoos, are there? I'm not allowed. The wife has very firmly three-line whipped that I'm not allowed one. I was going to get one, and she she shut it down. What were you going to get? I was going to get um, – I had it designed and everything. I was going to get it done. And, and then when I mentioned it to her, she said, you are not having that done. If you get that done, I will not be seen with you in public. So I was going to get um, – on my right arm, I was going to get the full kind of top half of the arm uh, with the Muhammad Ali image, who is my all-time hero. And there's a very famous picture. I have it on my desk, in fact, of him standing over Sonny Liston, the second fight where he's imploring him to get up after he's dropped him with the, the famous anchor punch. Um, and I, I had it all designed up. It was going to fill my entire kind of top half of my right arm. Wife was not a fan. So uh, like Ronaldo, my body should remain um, untouched by the tattooist needle. Um, Ross, Ross, Ross strikes you, me as a man yeah. who might have, have had a tattoo in... <laughs> On a on a cheek, on a bum yeah, cheek, on on Malaga in <laughs> on a lad's holiday, and regrets it still to this day. Please no, I'm sorry, no, regrettably, no. I had there's been ch- there's been chances, been many chances, but luckily I was just about sober enough not to have it done. I, I, I've been in a tattoo chair on Magaluf a few times, and luckily <laughs> you've been in the chair. About yeah, I've been in the get, chair, about, about to get, to get in. It. and then I don't know. Just something in me just went. No, actually. Oh, mate. that's a shame. Yeah. What were you, you going to get? Can you remember? Oh, I think just something rude. I think just something <laughs> stupid. Um, um, but then, also, like I, then also, I think I also just went. Oh, can you just do me a love heart with mum? You know, standard. <laughs> I, think oh. I, just, I felt you know, but I, went, I was just yeah. Um, yeah, one of my mates still riffed me about that. I went, oh, you could have, you could have had it, mate. You could have had a tattoo because he's he's into full of tattoos. I think one day though, I think I will get some tattoos. I'm just, I want it needs to be the right tattoo and the right tattoo artist. But um, watch this space. I'm so pleased. When I was younger, obviously, I played a lot of basketball, and I was playing basketball in the era when tattoos became a real thing in the sport. Alan Iverson, etc., brought them in. And at the age of 18, I was, I again, I wanted to get a tattoo of a basketball with my basketball number on it. Um, and I'm so pleased that I didn't because I think I may regret that now. <laughs> what number? What number were you? My number was four. Number four, all the way, all the way through um, my illustrious career. Ross, if you don't pass your driving theory test by the end of the year, you need to get an L plate tattoo. On <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What's the latest on yeah. that, Rossi? I've got one this Thursday. So theory. Yes. This is the, this is the one, isn't it? Ladapo scored a goal in the league. I hope so. Rossi. Rossi is now going to pass his theory test. Do a bit of research, mate, beforehand. Can I put some money from the million pound picks pot yeah. on this? Ooh, yes. How, what what odds would you what odds would you give me? So just simply to pass Rossi to pass. Yeah, yeah. Given how many times have you failed now, Ross? Seven, seven times. Mm-hmm. So you what is that? So you you're getting up towards two hundred quid. You've just spaffed off a wall on on failing theory tests. I have technically passed it once, but because um you know obviously expiring code code bloody COVID. Yeah. Um, I'll give you. How confident are you, Ross? How close have you been getting? You have to get forty three. So I've been I've got forty one, forty two once. I got forty, got thirty nine last time out. So thirty nine. So I'm going a bit down, but you're I just actually getting worse. It. 
No, no. I just, that, that day, I just didn't feel. I just don't know. I just didn't feel up for it. I just went. I walked like, in. Like town on Sunday. Just an off day. Yeah. Just one. Right. Just one. Well, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you, Hutchie, on Ross passing his driving test, I'm going to give you 50 to 1. 50? Absolutely. On the theory? 50 to 1 on the theory. Rossi, no pressure at all. But if you if you pass this, Hutchie is seriously in the money. What are the odds to fail? I, I do need to I need to know that before. What, what you want to bet on him failing as well? well I, I want to make my decision. What what's the what's more likely to happen in the bookmaker's mind? Well, clearly failing. I would give you evens on him failing. <laughs> that's still good. That's a good price still. To be fair, um, that is generous, isn't it? Maybe I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I'll go one to. Mm, I'll give you one to three on him. Failing. I'm not betting on him to fail. That's no. That's a, that's what I'm going to put. How much have we got here? You got two hundred mil. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm not trusting him that much. Three hundred thousand, three hundred and two thousand pounds just to square off the pot. Three hundred and two grand on roster pass. Where's the two wow. grand come from? It's just just winnings and the way that the way things have been won. Okay, just you can have that if you want. Hand. Do you want it? No, no um, one wants that. Fine, no, no it's fine. No. Don't worry. I won't take your fictional two grand, thank you. So, so Rossi, not only have you got your future mobility uh, and uh, more cash of your own riding on Thursday's tech. What time is it Thursday? Just so we can remind you. One p.m. One p.m. Thursday. You now have three hundred thousand pounds of Andy Warren's fictional money, um, and my, quite frankly, adversarial odds. You know, um, you know what that wins, right? A lot. That's fifteen million pounds. Oh, does that, if, does that just make this whole thing a complete mockery if that happens? It's got to happen first. It's got to happen, and it, we're sticking with it. Whatever happens, Hutchy. So. Tell you, tell you what. If it wins, I'll put. I'll all of the winnings will then go on the Portsmouth game, one way or another. The fifteen mil. Yeah, we'll put all the fifteen mil on. This is getting farcical. No, no, but, uh, absolutely not. It's fun. It's what we're all about. So Rossi. When do you find out? Would you go straight away after you've done it? Yeah, pretty much. You walk out and you have to sit down in your chair, get your stuff in the locker, and uh, they just shout your name out when you come across. They give it to you. They they fold it. I don't know if they... I think they, they must look at it quickly. And like you always look in their face, oh, have you passed? And of course, I, I don't actually open it until I walk out the door and I open it up and I went, oh, for God. <laughs> <Out> again. <laughs> wow. So my guy just goes, see you next week. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be twenty six pounds, please. Yeah. <laughs> You're funding yeah. people's holidays at that place, Rossi. Yep. Um, yep. Superb. There's a lot riding on Thursday. Then um, it's probably actually bigger. I would Come say, on, than, than town v, v Portsmouth on Saturday, friends. Any other business before we go? We've managed to make it up to a, a good hour of listening today. No other, no other business. business. No other business. Right then, all that reminds leads me to remind you then is to support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all that excellent clobber, including their new, if you're feeling brave, crop shaver, which is actually a wet shave for areas of your body, which some people may not be brave enough to touch with a razor. Um, you can get that there and free delivery. Uh, and also follow us across all our social media, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And friends, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we have been nominated again for Best EFL Podcast in the Football Content Awards. And Roscoe is up for Best Creator in Women's Football. So please, if you haven't already, vote for us. You can vote for us on Twitter. If you go to our Twitter, you can see the wording you need to, to tweet. Um, you can also vote for us online on their voting page. Again, if you go to Twitter or Facebook, the link is there and we'll share it again. And you can also vote on Instagram. So if you do enjoy the show, why not vote all three ways and give us three votes for you? Because we'd love it, frankly, friends. We're not going to mess around, beat around the bush. We'd love it if we win that this year. It'd be tremendous in Manchester in November. So if you can help us with that, that'd be tremendous. Friends, if your town have lost for the first time this season, that means that Saturday's game against Portsmouth takes on whole new levels of importance, maybe overshadowed only by Roscoe's latest driving theory test on Thursday. Have a great start to the week. And we'll be back later in the week to build up to the big Pompey game. Have a good one.
the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.